listening to First Church Charlotte. Greetings, everyone. Pastor Nathan here. You are joining us for our midweek Bible study. We are going to the Gospel of Mark, and we are going to actually start uh, where uh, some time back I left off going through uh, the Gospel of Mark, and I stopped at that tremendous question that Jesus asked his disciples in Mark chapter number eight, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? This, as you know, is a profound, important question. It might be the most important of all questions. We are actually going to start with the moment right after that question. Peter says, Thou art the Christ, Son of the living God. Uh, and then Jesus shifts gears in the Spirit. Now, it's difficult for all of us to really get to stay in step with the moving of the Spirit. The timing is so important in life. Um, I think timing is one of the most difficult things uh, to get right. It's much easier to speak uh, in terms of what we want to do or what we should do or what we don't want to do and we should not do. Uh, and not, that's easy, those are big things, but timing uh, is so, so important. This is something the wise man Solomon, he points out that everything we are given under the sun has a right time to it. It has a season to it. Thinking spiritually, all of us want to be in step with God. Um, there are any number of spiritual truths, uh, biblical promises, that if we emphasize those, we can in some way de-emphasize other things. Um, I'll give you an example from the scripture. That famous passage where Jesus says, look, if you're praying at the altar and re you remember there's something wrong in your private life, you've done something wrong, stop. Yes, Jesus said stop praying. Go make that right and then come back to the altar. Then bring your gift to the altar, your prayer, your praise. But if you know something's wrong, it's not time to celebrate uh, seven days of prayer and fasting. When you know something's wrong, you need to move because you don't have peace with God if your conscience condemns you. So what you're trying to do in prayer, spiritual, uh, to make a spiritual difference, so, so to speak, that is all being held up because there's something you needed to make right, but you have not done so. Uh, timing is so, so important. There is uh, this moment where Jesus in Mark chapter number eight, verse number 31, he says this to them. He began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things. Number one, a lot of suffering. Number two, would be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribe. That's, that's the second thing. Uh, and then number three, was going to be killed. He was going to lay down his life. He was going to be accused of a crime he did not commit. And he was going to die, the just for the unjust, that he might lead us to God. Now, this is redemption. This is the Passover lamb. This is the ram caught in a thicket while the angel says to Abraham, lay not your hand upon the lad. I have provided for myself a sacrifice. This is God 
providing the sacrifice we could not offer. And Peter, no matter how good he wants to be, no matter how spiritual he wants to be, no matter how much he prayed that day, he is going to struggle to make this transition because what he wants for Jesus is what is going to be best for Peter in his own opinion. And when Jesus says, my future is not about going from village to village, healing the sick, opening blinded eyes, feeding hungry folks. That's all part of the story, yes. But that's not why I came here. Remember the passage where the angel said, uh, you'll call his name Jesus, because he, this one, this lamb, will save his people from their sin. Uh, this is, as it were, a conflict experienced within the faith of Peter and the disciples. And Peter does something that maybe uh, he should not have done this. Maybe he should have humbled himself. Uh, the Bible says, verse 32, Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Jesus, you don't know what's best for you. What you need is an advisor like myself to tell you what to do. This should have been a warning flag. There should have been some element of humility uh, that would cause Peter to hush. But with all of us human beings, often our strengths and our weaknesses are tied together. Uh, in many cases, they are the same thing in different circumstances. And if Peter could have had more wisdom, he might would have said, look, yeah, I want to say something, but Jesus doesn't really need my advice. But Peter so sure of himself, like many of us, so quick to interject his opinion. Um, you know, often wrong, but seldom in doubt. <laughs> Peter rebukes Jesus, and Jesus then uh, stops him, rebukes him back, and points out something that is not just true of Peter, but it is, I think, for the most part, uh, true, of, true of all of us. And this is where uh, he says, look, uh, get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> he, he rebukes the rebuker, Jesus does. And he says to him that uh, he is really failing to understand what it means to be a part of the kingdom of God. He, Jesus said he must suffer, he must be rejected, and he must be killed. <clears throat> they... Uh, struggle with this. Peter rebukes Jesus. Jesus rebukes Peter and said basically this to Peter. You, you, you're struggling to understand the things of the Spirit. You, you're able to understand the things of the flesh, but you are, you are really struggling to understand the things of the Spirit. And, and here's the actual text. Get thee behind me, Satan. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Now, the first lesson I stumble upon as a Bible student, not as trying to communicate to others, but the first lesson for me um, is this insight that just because Peter meant well did not mean he wasn't the spoke, spokesperson for the for hell. Um, even though he believes in Jesus, 
he becomes a spokesperson for Satan. And, and this, is the, this is the thing we often forget. We think if our heart is good, then we're always on God's side. And if our heart's not good, then we're always on hell's side. It's more complicated than that. Jesus, uh, well, let me say it differently. God uses people that aren't even believers in God. God uses kings and princes and leaders, and you get the idea. He uses them, and they don't even know. They're either unbelievers or basically heathens in all regards. And in like manner, the enemy uses people who say they're believers, and they are. But because they haven't the wisdom to temper their spirit and their attitude, they end up being used by the forces of enemy of the enemy. Um, when churches are severely attacked and damaged, oftentimes the people who are the most damaging to the church are people who are zealous for God. Um, they are the ones who probably would show up on a church work day, but their zeal and their consecration makes them feel like they have a right to criticize what is happening in some other venue of the church. If God is trying to do something, even if I don't always understand it, I don't want to be the rebuker. I always want to ask myself, what is the right step, the right pace for me to set? And if it's not something that I have jurisdiction over, I need to, as it were, give people the benefit of the doubt. Now, you've heard this talk before. Many of you could teach this. Um, I just want to let this first lesson here in this passage in Mark chapter number eight uh, humble all of us. Just because our heart is for the kingdom of God does not mean that hell will not use our words if we speak in doubt and unbelief. Peter, you have the keys to the kingdom, but in the meantime, get thee behind me, Satan. Peter, you have a gift to speak when others would be silent, but in the meantime, get thee behind me, Satan. This is why we as believers are continually striving to humble ourselves, because if we're not wise, uh, our gift, and we all have gifts, spiritual gifts, uh, they can do more harm than, than good. Uh, this struggle to see things through God's eyes is really the, the issue that you see right here in Peter's heart, in Peter's mind, not just him, but in all the disciples. How could God use the death of this man who is anointed in a way I've never, I've never seen before? You see, this is the test of the believer. I will listen and follow if I understand and agree. But when I do not understand and I do not agree, I can no longer follow. Um, this, this is a difficult a challenge for all of us to seek to uh, live righteously, to do the right, and not just to perfect ourselves, but to join with others who we usually can find imperfections with. Um, you want to kill a church? You don't have to make good people bad. You just have to make the good people 
in some way decide everybody else is bad because you can't do much by yourself. <laughs> you, you have to have tolerance in your heart for the imperfect, the flawed, the broken. Uh, if Jesus loved them enough to die for them, maybe we should love them enough to do life uh, with them. And so learning how to see things through God's eyes um, is a lifelong process. It is a lifelong journey. Um, and how do we admit that struggling with the things of God um, is, is a real challenge for us and we tend to see, understand the human point of view, but not God's point of view. Well, let me start by giving you a few things I know I can't trust. Uh, number one, I can't trust my feelings. <laughs> my feelings will always lead me uh, down the path of fear. Um, feelings do not lead you down the path of faith. They lead you down the path of fear. Uh, the second thing that I have to I have to be honest about, this is going to shock some of you, but um, it matters. Uh, we can't always trust our conscience. Now, God gave us our conscience. It is an important um, preacher, shall we say, in our life. But there's something more, more important than conscience, and that's the Word of God. I cannot follow my conscience when the Word of God is in disagreement with my conscience. Do you see? Uh, I have to... I have to admit there is a higher law. Jeremiah 10, verse number 23. O Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. There's something more important than my conscience, and that is the Word of God. Uh, the third thing I cannot trust in, in, in some completeness is my own wisdom. Um, I want to be wise. I uh, spent most of my life praying every day, asking God for wisdom. Um, the Bible says, if you ask, He will give it. And I, most of my life, I've asked every day for wisdom. Every difficult circumstance, I've asked for wisdom. Even today, I pray almost every day. God, help me to see things as they are, not as they feel. Because as long as I'm in flesh, I'm gonna wrestle with seeing things as they feel, not as they are. There's something more important than my wisdom, and that's God's wisdom. I can ask for it, I can pray for it, and I can seek it through the study of the word of the Lord. Um, and the result of this is I am continually humbling myself, acknowledging the parts of me that though they have so much influence, they do not represent the kingdom of heaven. My wisdom, my conscience, my emotions, they do not represent the kingdom of heaven. They can be in alignment with the kingdom of heaven, and that's what I'm praying for. But it's not a natural thing. This carnal mind is not subject to the law of God. Indeed, it cannot be, Paul says. It is, it is very much always seeking self, seeking to protect, reassure, elevate, even worship self, which is the opposite of the kingdom of God. The Lord teaches this as one of the most powerful lessons. If you want to be in this kingdom, you turn away from self. So instead of what would be best for me, we would do better to ask ourselves what would be most humbling to me. <laughs> Ooh, I know that's not what you want to hear about. Um, we, all of us, must humble ourselves to this ongoing wrestling, this ongoing spiritual 
struggle that is shown to us that we read together in the, the, the Gospel of Mark where we read about Peter. Now remember, Mark is Peter's version of the story. John Mark, who wrote Mark, wasn't there, but he traveled with Peter, and Peter told his story to John Mark, who wrote it down. When we read this, and you see Peter not looking very good, remember this is Peter being very honest about himself. I pray all of us would be that honest. I pray that all of us would recognize on a regular basis that our life is often the emotions of our life, the wisdom of our own journey, often is in stark contrast to the way of heaven, the kingdom of God, the call of ministry, the purpose of anointing. And I want to make a commitment in my life, and I hope you make it in yours, that we will go to prayer on a regular basis and say, Lord, help me to see this through heaven's eyes. What are you facing right now? What are you wrestling with? What fear visits you every time you close your eyes? What worry visits you every time, you know, something happens? What is it? Are you seeing it through your wisdom or are you seeing it through heaven's wisdom? Are you seeing it through the human perspective or are you seeing it through God's perspective? I'm praying that all of us would go to the scripture and we would take a passage just like this and we would say every day this week, I'm praying to see things through the perspective of God, not the perspective of the flesh. We love you. Have a great week. If you're in the Charlotte area, we would love to host you on Sundays. This coming Sunday, we have one service at 11 a.m. because it's New Year's Day, but normally we have two services, 9 a.m. and um, or 9.15 and 11 a.m. God bless you. Have a great week. Remember, parents, there's notes for you to sit down and talk about these, this same passage with your children. God bless you. We love you. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast and bless them. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, please text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come, worship with us.